after me, actually. That's the thing people don't realize. In the cut, the one and only cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ben one and only cornerback who locked up Mike Thomas. You're welcome, Facts. Uh, fans. Facts. We'll talk about that. Oh, we will talk about that. Second Floor Sports on Google Pods, Apple Pods, Spotify, Anchor. Last but not least, Breaker. Breaker. I'm telling you, man, I got to save the best for last. Always the best for last. Best for last, but you also got to give the people what they want off the rip, you know? Oh, I mean, the people want breakers. Exactly. Sure. So it's like, um, it, it, it's a tough choice like between, a, you know, who you want. Is it save the best for last or is it like, bang, breakers, what everyone's listening to us on? We got to start with breaker. I don't know. There's we there, there's, there are other ones. Like Stitcher? Yes, yeah, Stitcher's on there. We're on Google Pods. You said Google Pods. Oh, yeah. I figured they're probably, it's probably likely that people, some people listen on Google Pods, right? maybe of our eight unique listeners <laughs> available on seven platforms all right this is, this is what we're starting the show with we yeah. got anchor breaker google pods overcasts overcast casts okay. radio <laughs> public and spotify oh man i've never okay. heard of half of those um uh, let's, get right some, let's get right into it we've we got, got some football to talk about we got some basketball Kyrie just spoke a little bit ago we'll get to that a little bit not not too much more to get to that um and then of course some baseball uh unfortunately we're getting close man we're it's less than a month till spring training don't look now yeah uh all right let's start with let's start with the divisional round we'll go in order the games played rams at packers first Uh, of all uh charlie novak in the comments who else would let us know that they've announced the super bowl officiating crew with sarah thomas as part of the crew one of the female officials in the nfl that's pretty cool charlie you're a rules expert you're the man thank you Anyway, uh, Packers, Rams, Packers uh, take it by two touchdowns. Uh, they cover the story of the game. And this was going to be if the number one offense can generate anything against the number one defense. And that was a resounding yes. Yes. And before we really get into the nitty gritty, I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about like, oh, you know, defense, you know, the Rams defense got exposed. The Rams defense wasn't good. Like, that's not the takeaway from this game. The takeaway here is that the Packers offense is legit. Yeah. Packers offense has been phenomenal all season long. And we talked about it last week was it's like number one offense, number one defense all season long. Who's going to come out on top. It doesn't take anything away from the, the Rams defense, what they accomplished all year. Mm-hmm. They were really good. They also were playing with, I mean, I don't know what, how healthy Aaron Donald was. He only played 52% of the snaps in this game. And that's, that's a huge, huge takeaway from what makes the Rams so successful is that Aaron Donald basically is an automatic double team for opposing offensive lines. And if you only have to worry about him basically on exclusively passing downs, and even then you're not getting a hundred percent healthy Aaron Donald, that completely changes the way you yeah. game plan. Well, he had like that vest on or something. And it looked like it added like 70 pounds to him. Yeah. Like he was clearly not a hundred percent and affected his play. And we always talk about with these stars, right? Like you get like 70% of Aaron Donald. That's usually fine, but I, I, don't, I don't even think know. We got 70% of Aaron yeah. Donald's. I don't even, I don't think we got the 70. He was, he was hurting out there and it made a difference. Um, he had I don't one know tackle if, in the game. He had one tackle. I don't know if, you know, you have a hundred percent Aaron Donald. I don't know if it changes the outcome of the game. It's probably but a lot it absolutely changes the, yeah, the dynamic the final of the score game. and the dynamic of it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we can play that game till we're yeah. blue in the face. Who knows? But uh, some big numbers from this. Uh, again, the, the offensive line of Green Bay held up. Their offensive line yeah. had been good this season, but it's a completely different beast against the Rams. Uh, not only was the run game going, uh, there were Aaron Jones had that huge run, obviously, like that 60 yeah. yarder, like first play of the second half, actually. Um, yeah. 
there were also like two or three runs, right? That he just gets tripped up and like he almost broke out for like another twenty. But again, like, you know, you can play the, yeah. Oh, if he broke that tackle, he would have taken it to the house. It's like, well, well I'm not. I'm not saying in terms of that. I'm saying in terms of you know the Packers were running well. Yeah, the no, Packers I, were getting I offense. Yeah, played the way they had all season long, which yeah. is a tremendous balance of run and pass. Aaron Rodgers was wasn't lighting the world on fire, but he had a very good game: 300 yards, two touchdowns, over 50, over 60 percent completion percentage. I mean. The, if you're the, if you're Matt Lafleur and the Packers coaching staff, you know, zero, you know, game's basically over once you get into the fourth quarter. Obviously, you got to finish it out. The Rams, you can't ever count out a playoff team. But once clocks, once the clock hits zeros, there, you got to be patting yourselves on the back if you're the Green Bay coaching yeah. staff. I mean, they that that game plan worked to perfection. Yeah, and I mean, look against this Rams defense you can't ask for too much, right? Like you, obviously, you'll take thirty-two points, you'll, but there's absolutely. a reason. There's a reason we weren't really expecting 32 points or we haven't seen other teams do it against them. And it's not like the Rams haven't faced good offenses. It's not the Packers offense. They're number one. I mean, they play in a division with the Seahawks who apparently are a terrible offense. Inept. Partially kidding, but I mean, I think it's a great call on them to get rid of their offensive coordinator. And the Cardinals who are, you know, still on the up and up, they're still improving. But when you've got Kyler Murray and Deha, those are two weapons you have to worry about. Yeah. And the best running back in the league, right? Kenyon Drake. Right. Yeah. Um, some big numbers from this uh, Green Bay pressured on only nine of 37 dropbacks. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's the big thing we talked about was you expected the Rams to kind of, you know, they can have six players in the box and they don't even need that much more because their D line and their, their, their front six front seven is so good um, that they can stop Green Bay. And that wasn't really the case. Um, and, then, and that's the, that's the Aaron Donald effect when you're not, when yeah. you're best pass rusher and not even just your best pass rusher, when the best defensive player we've seen in the NFL in the last decade is playing yeah. 50% of your snaps, that changes things. And obviously Aaron, Aaron Donald's not the only pass rusher for LA. He's not the only reason they were a good defense, but he's a, a huge fact. He's the best player in the league. Yeah. You know, take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers offense. What does they look like? Probably not very good. No. Um, Speaking of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense, uh, they only had five passes past uh, 10 yards, which was interesting. Um, you know, this is a Rams defense, again, that like they're going to make you like win in the short game. And they're yeah. so good tackling and they're so good at getting pressure on the quarterback that if you try to do that, it's not going to work. Um, Alan Lazard had that huge drop, but then he made yep. up for it with the big touchdown. Um, but, I mean, the Packers took their shots when they were there. Um, they won a nitty gritty game. This is a super impressive win for them, regardless of if their offense didn't light the world on fire. Yeah. And then I, what, of course, another huge storyline there was Jalen Ramsey versus Devonte Adams. They have their whole like pregame, you know, shit talking and whatever, yeah. whatever the hell that was. Uh, and you look at Jalen Ramsey's numbers when he was the primary defender, uh, taking away the one yard touchdown on against Devonte Adams. Cause basically that was Matt LaFleur catching that yeah, touchdown yeah. pass. Uh, five of five for 54 yards. That's the worst game Jalen Ramsey's had all season long, which I think just speaks volumes to the yeah. type of season that Jalen Ramsey had this year. I mean, yeah. And that's not just against Devontae Adams. The Packers did a good job of kind of picking and choosing their spots with the target Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. If your number one corner is allowing 50 yards in coverage, you're more than happy with that. You, you're, you're probably okay there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that's a key that we had talked about coming into this game was the fact that, you know, the Packers offense, there's a lot of, moving pieces right they always scheme up a touchdown in their red zone they're so good at getting rogers easy looks yeah there's a prime example yeah um and then also just moving Devonte adams around right we we said that they weren't just gonna ignore Devonte adams because no, the secondary for the rams is so good obviously there's 
such a big drop off from Ramsey to their you know, second best corner, be Hill or Williams, whoever it is. Um, there's a huge drop off, but that, you know, that's more indictment on Jalen Ramsey. You exactly. There's a huge yeah. with like Tredavious White and say there's not a huge I mean, how many corners in the yeah. league are even on are remotely close to Jalen Ramsey's level? Not many. Mm. Not many. I and Legarius Sneed, the Chiefs corner, actually was like yeah. the third highest corner in the league this season, according to Pete. Third high. He was the third highest corner. Pretty impressive. Who's second. Um third highest corner. That, yeah, that's what I said initially. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't comment about that. He probably would not be playing if he was the third highest corner. <laughs> Third highest rated corner by PFF. Um, I, <laughs> point being, Jalen Ramsey is a stud. Yeah, he's uh, quite good. But, you know, this this Packers offense, we've seen the number one defense beat the number one offense and absolutely blanket them many times before. But today, yeah. or yeah, two days ago, two days it was ago, the not yeah. It was the defense that uh, ended up winning. Yeah, no, so two kind of just more, yeah, it was a Saturday game. <laughs> Two last points yeah. here. Apparently, Goff and McVeigh are having some issues. The marriage is unhappy, which always cracks me up when that's how like reporters frame the the relationship. So, well, even funnier is that after they said they need to go to couples counseling, like they really went, they, they really, really went, went all the, the way in with the whole yeah. they're married bit. Yeah, half joking, half serious here. Do you think Sean McVeigh kind of just realized that Jared Goff is limited in what he can do offensively? I think he already realized it, um, but. Like, like the, the Rams defense, the year they went to the Super Bowl was legit. Like it was yeah. really good. Um, in the two years, Arguably since, not as good year, as they were this year, but no, um, that's what I'm saying. Like last season, last season, like their defense wasn't as good. Like, you know, you still had, you know, Aaron Donald, like you're good. And then this yeah. season they had the best defense in the league probably. Um, and their offense was serviceable enough. Um, and Cam Akers more emerged at the end of the season. He didn't, he was, he was hurt for a bunch of times. Um, they were still messing around with Malcolm Brown and uh, Daryl Henderson too. Yeah. And like, now, you know, who your lead back is, right. And like, Cam Which of Akers course means a- LA is going to bring in, you know, who knows in the draft this year. And it's going to be uh, running back by committee again next year, but Cam yeah. Akers looks like a, a real piece. He looks good, right? He, you know, who your back is going forward, but like you have, Two decent tight ends. You have two good receivers, although we talked about they don't have that alpha receiver. Um, no. which well, we, we got to remember Cooper Cup not playing was a huge blow. Well, I was I was going to get to honestly, like I had picked the Rams plus seven, um, and I was like, I think we both feel, had the Rams covering. Yeah, didn't we? yeah. I I switched last second. I had I had the Packers at first, and then I switched, and of course I lost. I swear um, to God, I wish we could look back on like the bets we put in our rundown. This is more for the regular season. <laughs> You know, we put the bets in on the rundown, like, oh, these aren't the official ones. More often than not, I would just stick with my initial bets because, you know, we've talked about this on the show a few different times. You know, Matias would text me at like 11 a.m. <laughs> Sunday morning. I'm like trying Shit. to recover from the night before. I'm just like, oh, fuck, I got to post these bets. I'm like, I don't have the brain power to research new bets. I need to just like go with what I had on the rundown. And then Matias would always change his bets. Yeah, for sure. But I overthink it. Yeah. Um, you, you kind of felt like right once on the broadcast, they were like, yeah, uh, Cooper Cup is inactive. You were like, I don't know if that's big work. That's big, right? Like, like what, what's had a couple catches, but like, you knew they were just going to limit him. Uh, Jerry Alexander is a very good corner. And like, they have two really good uh, safeties in green Bay. Like they, they have a good secondary. It's not obviously the Rams level. Um, Yeah. I mean, back to McVay and golf, right? Like I think McVay already knew that golf, was not no but so why is the report just coming out now and i'm that more rhetorical question who knows why this is just breaking now 
do they move on? I don't think they move on from golf. They're paying him so much money. And like how, what, and what options do they have? They Look, I, I think, up long-term. I think if golf plays, you know, at the level that we know he can play, like this is, this is a good offense. They, they yeah. probably still need some pieces. It'd be nice to get another receiver. Maybe. I was literally just going to say, if you can get it like a legit, you know, if, you think like take the fact that they're on the same team away from it. You know, Robert Woods and Cooper cup are both like one, a one B I'm saying, take them off. Like ignore the fact that they're on the same team. Talk about like where they rank in terms of like what type of receiver they are in the NFL. Uh Neither one of those guys strikes me as like a clear cut. Number one option. They work because they are both very strong, like number two options. And when they're both on Mm -hmm. the same team, which obviously they are, they, you know, they play each other's strengths up. But I think if the Rams could acquire a legit number one and then you've got robert woods and cooper cup acting as like simultaneous number two receivers that really changes the dynamic of the offense yeah i mean that is also just that's also pure speculation there yeah i i i don't really buy that they're gonna part ways or try to move on from him you know the problem that for for la becomes they have so much money uh, invested in Donald and Ramsey and as golf. they should. I mean, yeah, as they should, <laughs> but like they don't have cap space and they're stripped of their, you know, of their, uh, of their, of their draft capital. Like it's going to be tough. Uh, the good news is that the, uh, the, uh, the cap in the NFL does not exist. No, it's not fair. real. It's a myth. <laughs> and it's like this is you know it's literally the price you pay to have guys like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on your defense. Yeah. It's not like his defense is going to be, you know, barring drop offs from two All Pros and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. This defense is going to be just as good next year. You know, maybe yeah. not literally the best defense in the league, but it's like, well, what do you think they're going to be? Top five yeah. again, probably. Yeah. Last um, point here, I uh, the Chargers officially announced that they're hiring the Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley as their head coach. I think we've got a little disagreement here. You wrote on the rundown, bro, why LMAO? Explain yourself. I, I mean, look, Staley is what, 24? Like I, he, he's going to go into his first head coaching job like after being assistant for the first time, like being a, a head assistant. And like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a terrible idea. He clearly showed- Well, just head he assistant. He was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, but it was his first time in a major assistant role. Um, like he wasn't like, he might've been the strength coach after I, before, I don't know, but like, that's yeah. not a, that's not the, it doesn't carry the same weight as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to, you know, strength coaches. Um, <laughs> but you know, like, look, you, you, you have someone like Justin Herbert. I really thought they would go out and get, you know, an offensive minded head coach. I have. I- Make your point, make your point. Uh, so like, I, I don't think Brandon Staley will be a bad hire. I just, I really thought you would get, you know, you, if you get like a seasoned offensive coordinator, you know, someone who has worked with quarterbacks is a quarterback whisperer or something like that, you know, like, <laughs> I hate that like, term. Like, yeah, me too. But it's really funny. But like you go back to like, right. Like the, the reports when Sean McVay got hired is that like, Oh, he's really good with quarterbacks, right? You have a young quarterback in Jared Goff, and look what happened. Like that's not guaranteed. It's going to happen. I just thought that'd be the direction they'd go in. I, I really have no issue with the hire. I mean, he's going to a team in the Chargers that have similar defensive talent to what the Rams have. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, they have the number one corner in the league and the best pass rusher. I like said that. similar. I'm not saying identical. They got Derwin James, who's an animal, and Joey Bosa, who's an animal. I think it's The Chargers have a good defense. But also, my the counterpoint here is look at what the Bills did. After Josh Allen's rookie season, they brought in Sean McDermott, who is a defensive-minded head coach. Mm-hmm. Then they bring in Brian Dabble, 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 Dabble. 
who's completely turned the offense around. And I don't think he's going anywhere. He's been connected to a lot of the head coaching jobs, mm-hmm. but every job that he's been connected to, they've hired someone else. Yeah. To me, that indicates that he wants to stay in Buffalo. Yeah. Or point, point being, that- you can bring in a defensive minded head coach. Doesn't mean you're abandoning your offensive, your young quarterback. No, I, I know. Also, Justin Herbert balled this year. He's the offensive rookie of the year. It's not like yeah. they, it's not like they need to bring in a guy to like fix Justin Herbert. No, they don't have to fix him. But you know, I, I would have thought that they would have brought someone in to develop the most important piece of your franchise that shows a lot of promise. But it's, I think that's just a simplistic, simplistic way to look at it. There's more than it's more than just one guy. Sometimes you don't have to overcomplicate it. You know, like I, th- I think it's a fine hire. I mean. And I mean, you I know, mean, look, McVay, I mean, McVay is the golden boy. If you've ever been within like a hundred miles of Sean McVay, you're in line for an NFL coaching job. But yeah, like, fair. Uh, it's, it's funny it's how much that, the McVay like tree is just exploding out. Literally, I mean, yeah. Um, I well, look at Lafleur. Like, look at Lafleur in Green Bay. Lafleur. He was uh, the offensive coordinator on McVay, and yeah. or yeah, offensive coordinator on McVay the first the Super Bowl season. Yeah, and now look at him. Uh, my only thing was, look, I mean, there's a reason we all want Eric Bianami to be in Houston, or we did, if Deshaun was going to be there. It's kind of just the same. We'll talk about that at the end of the, end of the um, round. We'll move on to the next game. Uh, Bills over the Ravens, 17-3. to This was an ugly game, man. Um, ugly game, but just um, ugly, impressive. but simultaneously impressive. Exactly. Yeah. Buffalo was in control of this game from yeah. the first snap. Uh, big storyline in this one that we were talking about, right? The Ravens had looked better on offense, but we didn't know if that was, you know, just the, uh, how good their opponents were. They were bad is yep. the answer to that. Um, right. Like we had questions last week when they only put up 20 on the Titans. We don't have that good of a defense, no, but then a bad defense. The other side of that coin but, is they held the Titans yeah. to what, what 2013 was the final. Exactly. Yeah. Like we, we, we one didn't the have high questions offense about the, in the league this year. We didn't have we didn't have questions about the defense. We had questions about the offense. Uh, defense did not play poorly in this game. It played well, yeah. um, but their offense produced nothing. Oh, I'm sorry, no, not it, nothing. Three points. Admittedly, Justin Tucker, best kicker in the league, missed two field goals, but I will so say, did Tyler Bass. I will say, when Justin Tucker missed those kicks, did you think the Ravens were going to win? Like, no shot. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, this is this is this is bad juju on you guys. Like, you're done. Like, yeah. it's over. <laughs> I mean, they were playing in a fucking gale. Like that was yeah, that was one of the fun. worst conditions I've seen in a while. And the, the flags were just sideways at, at some yeah. point over the goalposts. Um, I, I mean, look, it, it affected it affected everyone. Um, it affected Josh Allen too. Like he didn't have his best day. Um, no, but he but also only they, had four incompletions. What twenty three yeah, or twenty seven well, for two hundred yards and a touchdown. It was. It was just the case of the Bills did what they had to do, and yeah. it, you know this was. The, the huge thing is being multidimensional, right? Like the Bills have such a good passing offense. They don't have to run the ball. And no, they didn't, and they didn't for, the first, for the first like 16 snaps, I think it was. Yeah, it was like the first three drives, something like that. Um, and I mean, they kept saying on the broadcast, like they're not doing it because they saw that the Ravens held Derrick Henry to 40 yards, which is like, I don't really know if I'm buying that. I'm just more so like the Ravens run defense has been legit all season long. Like one game, but like what do you change your whole game? Not going to run it because of that. Like, well, apparently. Yeah. I I mean, who knows why they didn't run it and they didn't run the ball. Like, I I mean, they must've just figured they had a better chance in the passing game, which they did. Um, 
I mean, like, this just wasn't really a condition where you were going to expect to see elite passing numbers. And no. we thought at first, you know, that would benefit the Ravens. We had talked about there potentially being snow. Um, but, you know, it ended up uh, benefiting the Bills because, you know, the big problem with Lamar Jackson, uh, the, the, the big knock on him passing-wise, besides the fact that he's just not a very good passer, um, was that he struggled with underneath coverage. Um, that was a, yeah. you know, that was a knock on him. And that's exactly what happened when he threw a goal line pick six, which is just the worst thing you could. For, for Buffalo's sake, I hope that's not the play of their postseason. I hope that's not it for Buffalo. I hope that just becomes just like a, like a folk hero type thing. Well, no, I hope it's like, it's a piece of the story. It's absolutely mm-hmm. a piece of the story, but I, I'm, fuck it. I'm rooting for Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. Like they're, I think that I, they, I said that at the beginning of the playoffs, Buffalo is kind of my team for this postseason. I want yeah. the best for them. And I really hope that the, that pick six is not like the key moment of their run. Cause if that's the key moment of the run, congrats. You lost in the AFC championship game. And yeah, your highlight is a pick six in the divisional round, which is pretty tight, um, which is tight. Yeah. But yeah. like, you don't want your, you don't want the big moment to be in the divisional round. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Buffalo did what they had to do. Uh, Lamar, they didn't get anything going on the run, uh, on the ground. I mean, no one had over 45 yards. Um, uh, two just like brutal drops by J.K. Dobbins. Just like yeah. there was one where just like a mad scramble by Lamar, like somehow gets free and you're like, oh, there's no way he's staying up. And they're like, oh, wow, he found someone. And then it just goes right through Dobbins' hands. And then there you was say no way he's where, staying up, but like, are you surprised that Lamar Jackson somehow weaved his way out of like four different defenders? Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. But it was just, it was brutal because Dobbins dropped the first one on third down, like pretty early in the game. Cause like, you remember like the first three, four runs, like they got like 15 yards a pop and you're like, Oh God, this might get ugly. Um, yeah. I just imagined like for every play, I was just imagining what our good friend, Alex Hessig was going through. Right. Like torture, just like torture. The first three plays he's like, fuck, this is going to be like 40 to like 30. Like, I'm just going to sweat this one out. Um, Not so no, much. I mean, they really turned around. I mean, they they contained Lamar really well. Like, that was the big key. Yeah. That's all I got on this one. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, was, look, it was the most cut and dried game of the weekend. Yeah. Buffalo I mean, dominated. Not, yeah. not, necessarily, not a blowout, but 17-3, and you don't really let Baltimore get anything going offensively. That's a dominant win. Yeah. I mean, it's super encouraging if you're a Bills fan that – you weren't dominant through the air uh, and your defense is the one that showed up uh, and played well. Um, and, you know, it's kind of just back to the drawing board for the Ravens. They got to figure something out on all. They offense. need a wide receiver. They, have, they need they, a wide receiver. They need a fucking wide They need a wide receiver that's going to help Lamar, right? Like yeah. for Lamar and then just for the team. I actually think yeah. they need a wide receiver that's going to hurt Lamar. That's that's my hot take. Well, I'm saying like, <laughs> it's it's not like like Deshaun Watson. But that That's the clip I'm going to use for when we put it on social media. They need a wide receiver that's going to help Lamar Jackson. What I mean is, like, Deshaun Watson doesn't need a wide receiver to be elite, right? He already was elite. But he could so fucking use Jackson. one. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Sure as hell will use one. Like, Lamar Jackson needs a wide receiver. Yes. All right. Uh, next game. Now we're spilling into Sunday. Chiefs-Browns. Chiefs-Browns. This, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, we start with anything is possible. Baby. Anything is possible. Anything. Oh, God, he really thought you'd see Chad Henney on a on a uh, playoff Sunday, huh? If anything, I thought we'd see him because the Chiefs were up like fifty, not because the Chiefs needed Chad Henney to go fucking win the game for them. Uh, final score twenty two seventeen. Uh, what were your big takeaways here? I mean, the Browns are in a great position. The Browns are in a yeah. phenomenal position right now. You know, they're still they still have room to improve. I 
Mm-hmm. The thing I kept thinking was, how does Odell Beckham change this offense? A real like difference maker. You got to find out. They got to figure out how to use him. Well, yeah, that's part of it. I mean, that's you know, there's only so much we can like speculate on there. I can't tell you how to like you know change your offensive scheme. Mm-hmm. But if the Browns had a wide receiver who is a a, a playmaker, a guy who can take any pass to the house, I mean, no offense to Jarvis Landry and Donovan Peoples Jones and Rashard Higgins. Yeah, but hey, those guys are Higgins looking are, like Randy Moss out there. Like they're not they're not dynamic the way Odell Beckham is. Yeah. You know, say what you will about Odell being a head case, but he's one of the best receivers of the league when he's healthy and when he's on the field. I think that that's not really an arg. It's not really a debatable point. No, but it, it's it's become a big if at this. He's point. not the best receiver in the league, but he's yeah. a top ten electric wide receiver. Yeah, just pure electric factor. I mean, the the, the Andy Reid is just has balls not even balls of steel doesn't even like begin to describe it and if you're a marvel fan i think they're made out of vibranium i don't think that's too far off no it might have vibranium balls it's possible <laughs> i mean let, let, let's break down that play right because it, first you have the well, which one the, which which ridiculous play call well the this i was talking about the one that sealed the game so yeah, first tyreek hill one yeah first you have chad henny with a a ballsy like 13 yard run like he was he was ready to like lay someone out and just absolutely break his, Put body, his body on the line to, yeah and, and ridiculous he calls to even like yeah. throw the ball on second down there or third down there was that second or third on the run on the run was third down run was third yeah, he came up a yard short and I then you had the and you were trying, i thought tony romo was spot on on the broadcast and he was saying they were going to come out not snap the ball call the timeout and punt Wait, okay away. yeah so so you have the chad henny run they come up a yard short it's fourth and one um also could have both the, it was i think it was just tony romo who was saying this he was like talking like that, he, that chad Henney had gotten the first down yeah he clearly didn't clearly did not yeah, get the first down not. Um, so you, you you come into that fourth and one um i think if they had punted it away the browns would have gotten it back with like a minute 20 it would have maybe? been a minute it would have been like 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah something like that um and they would have had to drive like 80 90 yards, yeah it would have been but, uh, you know but they could have won the game win the they, game exactly could have won the game there um and cleveland was a little conservative down the stretch but like and that's just you know we'll we'll get to it later just the margin of error but that play right like and and tony romo was completely right like he was like they were they were in the shotgun they weren't even like trying to fit they were it was like a very bad attempt at trying to like fake them out and to think they were going to snap it right i really thought he would just go under center it's chad henny he could run the ball well he clearly showed it yeah You, you were close enough like it was a short one um and instead you're in the shotgun and it's not even like they let it get down to like one second where the defense is like no they, it wasn't they were no it was a play they had a play call yeah and it but like but it was like the small things and maybe we're reading into this too much but it was like well i can't read but okay yeah i know you can't read ben you say that every episode well i can't um, read it was, it was just the fact that like they were kind of just standing there nonchalantly like it really didn't seem like they were going to run a play and then and five I seconds I, I mean maybe that was part of the design i yeah you can say you want to catch the brown sleeping but like even if the thing i kept coming back to with this play is like even if andy reed like literally radioed kevin stefanski and was like we're running this play with tyree hill how many guys in the league can can stop well that that was my question (laughs) is that not knowing that it's coming like is there a more cheese just like not a touchdown play than just like that like like speed right like option it's it's unstoppable no and like that's that's the thing about like kind of lulling them to sleep. Cause like, I don't think anyone's stopping that anyway, but you you're in the playoffs. You scouted this team well enough. Like you got to know that's probably coming. 
probably maybe, calling for by the same token. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it might not matter. Two yards off and just throw the ball to Travis but, Kelsey. Yeah, but like you, you kind of just lull them into that kind of just like they're kind of not super ready because there's five seconds. Doesn't look like they're gonna snap it, and then it just buys Tyreek that like extra half second. And there's Which nothing not like he needs do. it. Yeah, but he, he doesn't. Also, he doesn't need it. But if you take zoom it. out here for a second as well. There's a reason the Chiefs offense has been the best in the league the last two years. Obviously, a huge factor of that is Pat Mahomes, but give credit to Andy Reid. He's a mm-hmm. phenomenal play caller. He's also now the only head coach to lead two different teams to three straight conference championship games. Did it with the Eagles in the early 2000s, and now he's did it with the Chiefs. Nice. Andy Reid is a fucking phenomenal head coach. That's crazy the, how the, the script credit, is said, flipped on him. That's what I said to my dad immediately after the game was like, Andy Reid did not call the game scared when Pat Mahomes went down. No. He stuck with his game plan. I mean, they're saying on that last drive with Chad Henney, it's like, oh, you know, so on the second down, they're like, oh, with Pat Mahomes, you're throwing on second and third down. With Chad Henney, you're probably running twice and punting the ball. Nope. Andy Reid said, we trust Chad Henney. He's our backup for a reason. You know he's got a grasp of the offense. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid called the same plays he would have called Patrick Mahomes. I got to give yeah, him a ton except, of credit Except for, for the arm punt. <laughs> that was rough. I, I don't even know yes. who Chad Henney was throwing it to in the end zone. I'm talking about like specifically that last drive. Yeah, Andy Reid yeah. not coaching scared at all. He ran. No. Would they have done was, anything different if Pat Mahomes was quarterback there? I don't well, think so. I, I, the interesting question that they, they asked on the Bill Simmons podcast that I was listening earlier today was, do you think Andy Reid calls that if he hadn't won the Super Bowl last year? Like, that's a ballsy call. Dude. I like, hate that. What do you mean? <clears throat> like, I don't that's know, such man. a dumb what if. <clears throat> what do you mean if he hadn't won the you're talking about an entire year of I am shitting on it. You're talking about the entire year that has elapsed since then. Wow, nice voice crack. Elapsed, elapsed. What do you mean? If he, does he change? The, does he make the same play call? Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe just a little more. Is he even if, if he's co- is he coaching in Kansas City? If I don't, six years ago he didn't have a cup of coffee in this fucking diner. Like, what do you mean? I love Bill Simmons, but he comes up with some stupid shit sometimes. Do you? For the most part, yeah. Yeah, I said he comes up with some stupid shit. He also he's the guy that like inspired me to be a sportscaster. Come on. Yeah, fair enough. He's also a, a fuck. He is a fuck. Absolutely. I'm not saying I look up to him as a person. I'm talking about he's the guy. He's the guy who inspired yeah. me to be a sportscaster. All right. Uh, enough about Bill Simmons. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Patrick Mahomes getting hurt. Right. I- I'm assuming he'll be okay. Um, the, the tinfoil hat theory is there's no shot the NFL doesn't let yeah. Pat Mahomes play. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, today Colin Coward started his show by saying, like, the NFL is going to postpone it until Patrick Mahomes. Is well, no, he said the play. NFL should postpone. Oh, they should postpone. Okay. So this is Colin Coward's just opinion here. Wow. Shut Good the to know up, I don't Colin have to put Coward. any stock into it. Jesus Christ, they should postpone the game until he's healthy. I mean, the mission accomplished. We're talking about it right now. So. Yeah, but like, why is that? That's just such a dumb take. Man has no shame. Um, Speaking of dumb uh, takes. What was what, it? your take on the whole Mahomes thing? On the Oh, no. No, no, no. I, 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 I agree with you. So the question okay, I had posed, okay. <clears throat> that question I had posed was, look, Mahomes got hurt on that play. Do you run that play like ever again, right? But she's and run look, that like no, twice a game. No, I, I know. I, and look, like you're running the speed option. And like when you run that play, it is very much – like it is ingrained into the play that there is a like basically a 50 50 chance that Mahomes is going to get hit. But like that was just, and it wasn't even like it was helmet to helmet or something no, like that. You want to avoid that hit at all. It was a yeah, it was, clean tackle. And frankly, it was a clean, freak play. Mahomes barely even hit his head. 
That's why. That's why I was confused. Oh, they're calling it a neck injury now, um, because I, I, at the time, I they were like, oh, this is kind of like it was dirty, like head hunting, all that. Like, no, it, wasn't. <laughs> it it didn't seem like it, and like it more so seemed like it was whiplash than him actually just hitting his head. I mean, we're not doc. We need Doctor D in the building. Like, who knows? I don't under I don't understand how Mahomes got knocked out like that. Just like medically, I don't. I mean, he was clearly woozy. He's yeah. We we all saw what happened. He couldn't stand up. He had no clue where he was. It looked like us like waking up on a Sunday morning. Where the hell am I right now? (laughs) I have I have no clue. Why me neither? But like. I hope he's fine because yeah. that would suck if I, I again Andy Reid is going to coach the hell out of this offense no matter who's playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. We all wanted to see a fully healthy Chiefs Bills game. And look, like the, this Chiefs offense has at that many weapons that like I'm not obviously it's not like it wouldn't matter, but like the Chiefs would still be in the game because oh, yeah. they have so many weapons. But obviously, it's just I mean you're you're substituting a guy who won his first game since 2013 for you know the MVP and best. You know, best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Right. So, um, uh, real quickly, just talk about, you know, some of the lucky breaks the Chiefs got, unlucky breaks the Browns caught, if you want to call it that. And then just overall arching view on the Brown season, Baker, et cetera. Um, we, we talked about before this game, right? If you're the Browns, you are coming in as the underdog for a reason. Like you're playing the defending champions. You yeah. have to be perfect Absolutely. in this game. And look, they lost by five, and they weren't perfect. That ended they lost up by being... five, and they had a they had a drive to win the game, and they couldn't yeah. do it. And then they had a chance to stop the Chiefs, get the ball back, and they couldn't do it. I mean, that's yeah. it's so rare that you can literally boil it down to like two, back, literally back to back drives. Yeah, I mean, Browns, you got to remember Richard Higgins fumbling it out of the end zone too. Like that's just brutal. Huge <laughs> swing, like that rule needs to be changed, man. I don't, I don't like. Why would you? The like rule makes no to? sense. I don't like know. That's not my to? fucking job. I'm not on the rules committee, but it's it's entirely arbitrary that the defense gets the ball there. They did nothing. They didn't recover the ball. 99 I, I, yards. I, it's it's this simple. They're 99 yards of the field where if the offense fumbles the ball out of bounds, they get the ball back. Mm-hmm. Why does it change? Well, I mean, what did the defense? What did the, the defense do to deserve the ball there? The side out of bounds. I mean, there's what only mean, one what do they do? The, the, they fumbled it out of the end zone. Bro. Why like, do they get the ball? Why do they get the ball? Because you, because that's the rule. The ball goes out of the end zone. It's a touchback. But I'm telling, like, I'm not talking. I'm saying, like, why should the defense get the ball back there? I don't if they know. They recover it. Why does I, it change? I mean, why did what changes when the ball goes over the goal line? Why does it change? Because it's risk. Because you're trying to score, and you know, I don't know. Extending the ball over the goal line is a risk, and that's just something that's embedded into. But what did the defense? Okay, yeah, the defense forced the fumble, but they didn't recover it. They only did half the job. Okay, well, the defense isn't always going to benefit from them having actually done something, you know? Like, oh, big news. The Raptors just waved uh, Alex Len. Like, hey, look, the defense put pressure on, on Dan Orlovsky when he ran out of the back of the end zone, but like, and they got two points, but like, he, that was an unforced error. Like, <laughs> running out of the back of the end zone is different than fumbling the ball out of bounds. That's two entirely different mechanics. I, but it's still just Matthias, going out of bounds in the saying? defense. I'm just saying it's it's going out of bounds and the defense benefiting. Like the defense didn't do anything there. I'm I'm saying because you're saying the no, defense that's, didn't do that's anything. That's Dan Orlovsky's flat out fault for running out of the back of the end zone. Okay, well the rule being, you know, like Higgins has to be more careful when he crosses the end zone. What we should I'm be talking. I'm not. No, I'm not talking about what. I'm not talking about Richard Higgins. Like, yeah. It, you're correct. Based on the rule, you shouldn't reach for the pylon there because then you lose the ball. But the rule itself is fucking stupid. I don't think it's the it's worst rule stupid. in the league. Are you kidding me? I don't really like. It's the worst rule in the book. 
Really, bro? Like, it takes, like, 20 minutes for them to determine what a fucking catch is. Like, and, and that's they cleaned the worst those rules up. They cleaned those rules up. Did when they? Was the last, did they when, really when was the last time rules? we had a really bad, like, catch-no-catch catch play? Okay, but we it still takes us 15 minutes to determine what a fucking catch is. And every time... We haven't had... It's ever since, bro, the, Dez, every ever since the Dez caught it play, we haven't really every seen time, any of those, every like, time disastrous, there's a borderline, like, Every time there's a borderline catch, we're like, uh, we think it's a catch. We're not really fucking sure though. But like, there hasn't been a there hasn't been one of those like awful like who knows. Type I of plays. I think I think it's ridiculous to call it the worst rule. I like, don't think it's it is the worst rule in the book. Ah, it's not fucking the defense. Like I don't know what exactly you change it to, but it's just it's it is literally the single biggest expected points added swing on any play in football. Be more fucking careful. I don't know. Like it's a dumb. What we should rule. be talking about. Why are you what, punishing offensive players for taking a risk to get a touchdown? What we should be talking about is Sorensen's helmet to helmet. Another completely botched call. Yeah, okay. I can't that believe was, you don't think this rule is that bad. That Jesus was a botched Christ. call. Like I, look, I don't a missed call. I don't. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was botched. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't think. Look, I, I don't think it's the worst rule. I don't love it. It's like what is what's the worst rule then? It's the worst rule in the book. Uh, I, I guarantee there's, there's no rule we're that fucks about the, the NFL, offense over more rules like and that's number one on the illegal list shift there there's some stupid ass illegal shift rules like those, that's just procedural shit like that's that's your job to know how to shift if you're in the nfl and it's richard higgins's job to know that if he loses out of the back of the end zone like he's gonna he's gonna lose the ball all i'm saying well, let's move on i to can't believe you're gonna defend this rule that's ridiculous i that was a brutal missed call like yeah the, i don't and it's textbook and, and it, it was a textbook it's weird textbook it's weird that you can't review that. it was just it weird you no can't, sense. <laughs> yeah like because like I, look the, the league has prioritized safety and for good reason and like you can't even review it shocker the nfl is completely hypocritical with some of these rules uh just a couple of a couple of notes on the browns um this is a stat that i'm not even gonna like go into i just found it interesting you know baker's oh and 20 when his team is trying are you like sure about that yeah how many games has baker played in the nfl uh something like 30 something at this point he's got three seasons where did you see that he's played 46 games yeah it's he's been down stat. by 10 plus in half of his games so jeez. i mean look I, i'm not gonna act like i double checked it but the person so. that my source that told me, like, I trust him, so I'm gonna run that, with him. That, that's ridiculous. That's crazy, that, right? Like, it's crazy. Doesn't like, even add up in my head, but it's like, crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, things are looking up because, like, you know, for a while for Baker, the first half of the season, you were like, okay, this is a good offense. They have a really good offensive line. It is still really a good offense. Yeah, really good running backs, and like they have good weapons. They could certainly use more. Like they have good weapons and like their defense will just be better next year. Uh, like, and they need every help at every position yeah. in the secondary. Yeah. And all no, you're right. But like, but, no. look, I mean, like, yeah, the Browns, like, the Browns got decimated by injuries this season, but like the Browns yeah. defense was not going to be winning them games this season. No, healthy or not. The way I see it was two years ago, the Browns defense was good. Last season, I mean, last season, the Browns defense was good. Then they invested all the money they had into their offensive line. It worked. You don't have to do that yeah. this offseason. Their, their defense is just bound to get at least a little better. Yeah. But like, the question they was, theoretically, they won't be as injured as they were this season. Yeah. But like, for, you know, and Denzel Ward didn't miss a good amount of time. 
Um, it was just, I, they're going to get better. And it was encouraging for Baker that he put yeah. together like a very good back half of the season. Yeah. Um, let's get to the last game. Uh, Bucks Saints. Bucks win 30 to 20. Look, I told you, I told you last week, you're not going to beat Brady three times in the season. And that's just, not the story it, of this game. That's not the story it of this just game wasn't, at all. Brady played okay, like but, shit. Okay, but you want to talk about Bill Belichick doing some just like sacrificing a child for that game against the Ravens? Like, you're going to tell me Brady didn't do that too? Like, you sound like such a Patriots fan right now. That's hysterical. You just, you're not going to lose to Brady three times. And you're not going to That's not the story of this game, season. though. That's, that's not the story all I'm the taking story. away from this. The story I, of this game is Drew Brees needs to retire yesterday. <laughs> Brees has nothing left. This was Those inevitable. Three picks right? were like so ugly. Not good. Like, all right, the first, the, the Mike Thomas one was like the most borderline. That was not a good ball. Like Carlton Davis, was it Carlton Davis who picked that? No, it was uh, Sean Murphy. Sean uh, Murphy Bunting. Bunting. Which, good which play by, it's it possible for it to be both. Sean Murphy Bunting made a good play mm-hmm. on a very underthrown ball from Drew Brees. Sean Murphy Bunting implies that there exists a Sean Murphy swinging. Just saying. I hate you. <laughs> Did you have that one? Like, when did you come up with that? Oh, last, like, as soon as he made the interception. Nice, nice. We were like, with my Rubens, we were like, a check swing, Sean Murphy, check swinging. Go ahead. Keep going on your interception. I it's just a terrible. I, we both watched the same game. Drew Brees does not have an arm left. He I, couldn't move the ball down the field. Once Tampa was like, well, shit, Drew Brees literally can't throw the ball more than 12 yards down the field. Everyone just moved and locked him up. Uh, God forbid you have two very, like, physical corners and you actually play press coverage, right? I'm like, I mean, it's it's real easy to play press coverage when you are not at all worried about the threat of the yeah. ball going down the field. Fair. They had nothing <laughs> to worry about. I mean, yeah. it looked like I, it really did look like a game between two 40 plus year old quarterbacks. No, it really did. Um, for I mean, look, it's not like Brady played well, um, but nope. he just didn't have to. He also didn't <laughs> have to do that much. And for I mean, what it's worth, the Saints three or four turnovers were all like in disastrous positions. Yeah, uh, so I I, I, gra- I grabbed the numbers um, on the they had four total turnovers. the 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 last one ended the game, so I didn't even count it. Yeah, but on well, the, I mean, you can count it because I I'm, I'm counting terrible read to- from Drew Brees there. Yeah, no, 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 no. I it, it's I'm I'm not counting it in terms of how many yards they gained after. Okay, okay, I see. I see. Um, so they got 21 points off of turnovers. There were the two uh, Brees interceptions and the Jared Cook fumble. Um. They had they traveled a total of sixty three yards and got twenty one points off yeah. of it. Yeah, right? and that is the story of the game right there. That's a combination of Brady and the Bucks took advantage of the miscues and the Saints just gave it to them. The Saints, right? I, the Saints played just the, the Saints didn't show up to play. Quite frankly, I mean, Mike Thomas had a bad game. But we also found out. Know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Continue we found out today this. that he's having surgery on his shoulder and his ankle. His ankle was not healthy. He hadn't been healthy all season long. The shoulder mm-hmm. issue we hadn't even heard about this year. Then it's funny because I was coming into this podcast being like, like we're forgetting that Michael Thomas punched a teammate this year, like was hurt for the whole season. Like, are they going to try to trade him? Like he he didn't seem happy, but I mean, now he's got a fucked up shoulder and an ankle. And he was like, yeah, I wanted to go out there and play for breeze. Like that kind of changes the story a little bit. Right. Absolutely changes the story. (laughs) He was not even remotely healthy in this game. However, it turns out you can guard Mike. Who would have thought? Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. It's it's the type of thing where it's like your handles you know, can't guard Mike, like you're setting yourself up for that. He's also been the best receiver in the league the last two seasons, so you kind of can't guard him. But he also was playing on slants. a completely shot ankle and a shoulder. Slants on a shot ankle, you know. How are you supposed to get your hands up to catch the ball when you need 
it's on his deltoid. That's the biggest muscle in his shoulder. Yeah. I did some research to figure out what the hell hey. a deltoid muscle. I knew I like Dr. Carlton. I saw deltoid. Hey, I, I all I know is deltoid is somewhat close to. It's your shoulder. It's the big muscle. It's like this muscle on your shoulder. This. Yeah, like I, that's I when I saw he tore his deltoid or whatever. I was like, ah, that's shoulder. Let me see where on the shoulder. What's a deltoid? It's not like a little connective muscle. It's like your fucking shoulder. It is the muscle. Yeah. Um, he was playing very hurt, and it, like you said, tip of the hat. I mean, he came out and fought for Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And as much as, as much as you know, the Saints didn't come out and play and all this and all that. Like, the, for me, this kind of just felt inevitable, right? Like we had been talking about for the last couple of weeks. No, just let me finish. Let me finish. And not not inevitable, like Bucks beating the Saints. Like inevitable for Brees. I am inevitable. Oh yeah, no. I was like, I was like, I was wait, like is that Jesus, the, bro, that takes like, you a minute. No, no, I knew it was from. I was like, wait, <laughs> is that the quote? Um, it is the quote. He it is, is inevitable. Real, Look, real easy quote to remember. I wasn't. I'm not saying this was inevitable that the Bucks were gonna beat the Saints. I'm saying it's inevitable that Breeze had not been playing well recently. Right? They had schemed up the offense around him because he couldn't throw the ball down the field, um, and it just. It was inevitable that when things weren't breaking for the Saints and things weren't going perfectly, they were going to struggle. Like, like you had the you had a huge uh, a huge punt return, also wow. a huge kick return. Yeah, which the, it got about a, back. I, we hadn't even yeah. talked well, the about the punt Talk return got called back. Deontay Johnson yeah. got hurt or Deontay Harris. Harris, yeah. Deontay Johnson's on the field. Yeah, Deontay Harris got hurt after those two returns. Yeah. And I mean, one the the touchdown one got called back, which yeah. it, it, that was you know it was the right call, but got called back, but still yeah. showcases a, I, yeah. you know, it adds up because the Bucks had one of the worst special teams units in the league yeah. this year. It's like you kind of think like, oh, how you know, okay, whatever, you got a bad special teams unit, how bad could it be? Mm-hmm. Well, and that could have been a huge story if Deontay Harris was if I he returned a kick for a touchdown, and they got called back, but he. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the type of player where it's like it was a hold away from the play. It's the right call, obviously. No, it wasn't away. It wasn't away. I thought it was. No, it was after. It was after the initial hit, which he got rocked and yeah. just ate it. Um, and no, it's when he like he like started forward and then cut left. It's when he cut left. There was just a push like right to his left. Hmm. Whatever. It, Whatever. It, it, it was. Play. Um, but I mean, look, it's not fair to say that things didn't break the Saints' way because they had four turnovers, right? Like that's that's not yeah. something not that's not the, like the breaking, a things, the, breaking the Saints breaking the Bucks' way is that exactly what you said. The Bucks got yeah. three turnovers with and got or what sixty three yards on three turnovers got three yeah. touchdowns off them. They didn't even drive a full field length and got three touchdowns. It was just it was just clear that like Breeze is not capable of bringing a team back from behind anymore at this like, point no i mean just that, well look, that's what i'm saying is throw inevitable. All the stats, like, throw the stats away throw all like the analytics away you and i both watched the same game and watched a 41 year old drew Brees not have the arm strength to threaten defenses more than 10 yards down the field drew Brees had 10 more yards than Jameis winston at the half <laughs> this is apparently it's Jameis's team you saw that yeah. clip of Brees, right yeah, said it, yeah um look i we're Besides, I, we don't have to talk about Jared Cook. I'm just going through our notes here. We don't have to talk about him. <laughs> Brutal game for Jared Cook. Yeah. Um, he's just so infuriating for me just because the last couple of years, like when he was on the Packers, I was like, okay, big tight end, crisp route runner. Like he should be great on a team that has like a lot of weapons and just never is. Um, but uh, something that we're going to end up not talking about uh, 
in the future. And like we were talking about how as momentous as this game is that we're seeing Breeze and Brady in the playoffs, like this is not going to affect either of their like no, legacies, right? It doesn't. Brady loses, whatever. Breeze loses, whatever. However, oh boy, the fact that Breeze has made one Super Bowl appearance does not have an MVP, like that hurts him. And just we're not going to talk one Super about Bowl this appearance for, and a Super Bowl win for what it's yes, worth. Yes, like right. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's better um, than Marino. Fair. <laughs> um, Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl, and that he's yeah. he Dan, Dan Marino is like the single biggest like best guy to never win a Super Bowl. It, it's like. For Breeze, obviously, he's, like, he's in that same tier as Rodgers, like, all time. But, like, the great quarterbacks have an MVP and they have a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Marino's the exception. Um, and now it's Breeze, too. Um, look, like, it, we're not going to talk about this in the future, so let's talk about it now. The fact that it looks so – it looks even worse for Breeze, right? Because we, we've seen this for Peyton Manning, right? He went out into the sunset because he won that Super Bowl, yeah. but he didn't – I'm going to go earn. drink a bud. Yeah, he, he, he didn't earn that Super Bowl, right? Like, he, he's on a – he's on, yeah, like, a defense – I mean, that, that's such a – Okay, okay. That's such a tough, that's harsh. tough statement to make. He fucking won the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, but, like, Brock Osweiler was, like, the Super Bowl winning quarterback, essentially. Like, you know, like – you need put, to return to the pocket from wherever the fuck you got. Bro, these put, put, I mean, put Peyton Manning on like that that bro, same you're, offense. I really love playing this whole like hypo, crazy hypothetical game today, huh? All, all I'm saying is that that defense won him the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Right? So but look at this game. Breeze flew yeah. three picks. Okay, Brady okay, yeah, didn't I know. Pick. It's like, and, you, you know, Manning, go like, out and execute and not like tank yeah. the game for your team. Well, well, that, well, that's what I'm saying is that like, like Manning was bad. But he won the Super Bowl on the back of his defense. Like, not only was Breeze bad, but on the other side was someone who's older than him and didn't look great, but he beat him. Like, and like I said, we're not going to talk about this in the future. So we're going to talk about it now. It just looks worse to lose to Brady in the first year that he comes to your division. You sound like right? a heartbroken lover. That's what you sound like right now. I, I told you, man. I told you I'm rooting for the Bucks. I know. I, trust like, me. We can all tell. Any all, any Patriots fan that is, like, bitter at the Bucks or bitter at Brady, like, is just, like, they're delusional. Like, are they? Yeah, man. Like, you can't – the guy gave us, like, 19 years. Like, you, you can't be mad. Like, you can be, you can be upset. Yeah, fucking sucked. But, like – um let's let's talk about deshaun watson real quick you no know, you know who you sound like right now who do i sound like right now giselle after that super bowl loss my husband can't fucking catch the ball and throw the ball at the same time i mean so you, you sound like couldn't catch the ball that's what you sound like um I, deshaun I, watson you comparing me to giselle like i'll take it like i, I have some giselle takes that i don't think <laughs> i should share on the show we'll talk yeah, about no, those later no I, I don't even know where that's going <laughs> Um, let's talk some Deshaun Watson. Uh, did you read that Sports Illustrated article? The most recent <clears throat> one? Yeah. The one where, uh, uh, the one where we talk about Jack Easterby and just Cal McNair and how they just didn't consult him at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. <clears throat> it came out last you mean week. The whole article that is explaining why Deshaun yeah. Watson doesn't want to be in Houston. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The whole article. Like I'm like, did I miss something or am I? Just no, no, like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. It's just the whole article explaining how like, they told him they told were him gonna, he was going to have say, and then just did not talk. In the, yeah, they were like, they're like, oh, we're also going to hire this like this firm that's going to help us with all our PR ahead of this. 
And then we're just gonna not gonna listen to any of their advice and just hire Nick Casario. Like I, just I, fun. I, I feel bad for him, man. Like <laughs> for Casario or for Deshaun? For Casario, just because like I mean, like fine, you got out of New England, but remember a couple of years ago when the Texans wanted him and then there was that clause that he couldn't interview with other people and it was that whole mess and then he had to come back. Yeah. And now he's he can finally go there. Um, first of all, he looks just like his face was so skinny, it's terrifying. Um and now you go there and like immediate, like not his fault. Like he gets hired and then Deshaun Watts is like, what the fuck? You literally just told me you were going to consult me on these things, or at least let me know, get my input. And then they didn't well, even, it's not even just let me, he's the goddamn franchise. He should yeah. be a, have as much of a voice as any one of these discussions. Yeah. Like it's, maybe it's he should determine who it is, but like, well, no, but there's no one person that should be determined making these type of decisions. And that's yeah. the frustrating thing is it seems like it's all fucking Easter be. Yeah. Like it's, and- it's just, it's Houston just is completely just making decisions. It's, it's a pastor just making decisions. It's it's just a. I, I would hate to be a Houston tech. I'd hate to be a Houston sports fan right now. Period. Yeah, pretty. He just lost to James Harden. Deshaun Watson, rightfully so, is furious with the team. I don't know how you could be like on the I mean, Texan side in this. You can't. I mean, most like people wasted most the prime of JJ think- Watts' career. Mm-hmm. They're actively wasting Deshaun Watson's career. They traded DeAndre Hopkins for a fucking running back. I mean, I don't, I, most people, like the people that have been reporting on this are saying like, this is like Deshaun Watson has probably played his last slap, his last snap, his last slap. Last slap. I'm not, I don't know what Deshaun, what reason would Deshaun have to come back to this team after the way they've fucked him over? It's, it's such an interesting, just like another chapter in like the player empowerment movement, right? Because like some people are like, oh, he has a contract. He's getting paid millions. Like don't complain. But like, Look, it's Andre such a, Johnson. Such a dumb no, thing. No, I know it is a dumb. I'm not it saying dumb. you're saying it. it's like. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> still, like he, yeah, he has that contract. They're paying a lot of yeah. money. He can play, leverage it, use it. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, and it'd be different if they really tried. And like, that's why like this Deshaun Watson thing is so different than the James Harden thing. If you're a Houston fan, right? Because well, I think the big difference here is James Harden plays basketball and Deshaun Watson plays football. But no, no way, <laughs> Ben. Really. Um, no, I mean, look, James Harden like gave the city his all, and then it got ugly at the end, right? And like, yeah, they did everything they could to help him win, and like, he, he made his also own bet. were right there. They were making conference championships. Yeah, like the Texans were not right there. The Texans were not right there, but they were, they were their close. best. They were a playoff team. They were fucking up twenty-four nothing on Kansas City last year. I mean, their best was. path was not trading. You know, like. All of not, like their, their path was their never hiring Bill O'Brien in the first place. Yeah, I mean, their path was not hiring Bill O'Brien, not treating, you know, probably the best, possibly the best receiver in the league. Um, a dude who was absolutely <laughs> in the conversation for best receiver in the league. And even like, look, I mean, the trade for Laramie Tunsil, right? Like probably the most important position for a quarterback is the left tackle position. And like yeah. Laramie Tunsil is very yeah. good. But like, like what three first round picks for him? Two. Like two first. That's a lot, dude. For a guy like, who's good, but is lot. not he's not like an elite. I okay, he's like an elite left tackle, but he's, he's a not very good left tackle. He's not stone cold the best left tackle in the league. And yeah, and like that's that wasn't even the problem, right? Like they the problem wasn't even that they he they got a bad player. It's that they just gave up just their the whole value every exactly. time they made a trade. They, there was no negotiating. And like, the, the DeAndre Hopkins trade is inexcusable how do you trade yeah. the best receiver in the league for a running back how they they they, they fucked over the future and they fucked over the present and like yeah like, Bill O'Brien Deshaun, actively destroyed this team 
if you're Deshaun Watson, you're talking to Andre Johnson, who like has firsthand experience in them wasting careers. Like, yeah. For what it's worth, Andre Johnson never played on teams as good as some of these no. Texans teams we've seen. No. But like, you know, I mean, if Andre Johnson is telling you that you're Deshaun Watson, you're probably just like, bro, I, my, when my contract expires, I'm going to be like 30. Like I've already had multiple surgeries on my knees. Like, yeah, fuck that. I'm getting out. Like if the team does nothing to like consult you and like, you're also playing for an owner that like says like, like compared them when you compare them to fucking slaves one time or something like no, that. He said it's the- it was like it's the inmates running the prison. Oh, the like, inmates, right? Years. It's the inmates running it. Like you're like, yeah, get me out of there. I'm gonna get the fuck out. Like I'm off this. Like <laughs> last point here, we'll talk some NBA. Where does who do you think can make the best package for Deshaun? Dude, I I have not compared them just like just side by side, but I have seen some very interesting Jets packages. And if I'm the Texans, I absolutely should be listening because oh, yeah. the Jets can offer. I if I remember correctly, the Jets can offer number two in this draft, number 34 in this draft. And then it's, I think there was another first rounder next year. And there was like a second round and like, that's a lot to give up. But like, if you're the Texans, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. For the Jets, it's a no brainer for Deshaun Watson uh, for, for the Texans. It's like, okay, you're, you get the second overall pick. Like you can immediately just take your successor. um, Well, like obviously the downside is like, you know, Deshaun Watson's a known commodity. Like it's it's so rare that you see a superstar quarterback demand a trade mm-hmm. like this. Like it's yeah. like, you know, second overall picks valuable, but it's like who are what whatever quarterback you take with second overall, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, fucking Trey Lance, whoever it is, you're hoping they become 80% of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But the Jets, I, mean, I think the, the, I mean, the Jets can make an interesting deal. And Miami could make an interesting yeah. deal if they were so inclined. Just, the three and even Tua, they could trade Tua and the three. I think well, they'd they, probably they want would. to. They would, yeah. They, I think be, ideally they'd want to keep. I guess if you're trading for Deshaun, Tua's probably the other guy going back there. No, I, I'm not tra- you're not. Yeah, you're not trading for Deshaun and keeping Tua. But yeah, I mean, I think he, day, I think it goes to Miami or New York. I think the Jets can make a slightly better offer. And you got to think about just like the. But it's but it's also a matter of like, do the Jets want to get make. Do the, and does either team want to make that trade? You don't have to give up an absolute haul for him. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's John Watson. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, and rightfully so. They're going to have to give up a haul. It's just, you know, just some of the pieces that are going to go into it. Imagine how it looks, right? If, if he goes to the Dolphins, like, like the, the big thing that just was them just demolishing their, their future picks was the trade with the Dolphins. Like, that would be that part of me just thinks they're not going to do it just because of that. I don't and think. I, I don't and think. I also it, don't it's fun like, to say that, but I don't think any NFL front offices. The Patriots fan in me, the Patriots fan in me, um, there are interesting packages that they can make to the Texans. But at the end of the day, the Pats, the have, Tex- the Pats have no capital to make a move here. No, they have. They have draft pieces. They have a lot of draft. They have to give up like their entire draft. Okay. And that's honestly, if you're the Patriots, that's something you do. All they, saying, don't, they don't have any. They don't have like the elite level. Well, that pieces that, that the Jets that the or point. the Dolphins have. They have multiple first rounders. You can trade like three or four years with the first rounders. But what I'm saying, the reason we're talking about the Dolphins and the Jets, right, is because if you trade with the Dolphins, you can get Tua and you get that third overall pick. You trade with the Jets, like you get the second overall pick. Like yeah. you can draft a quarterback right there. You take the Patriots pick and like you can draft on Mac Wilson or what, Trey the Lance if he first rounder this year? 15 whatever it is um, it's something like that um 
Yeah, I just the but then if you, if you trade holds... Deshaun Watson to the Pats, then all these future firsts are in the twenties. Yeah, <laughs> like the Pats yeah. don't have the elite. I mean, player wise, who could the Pats even give up that like moves the needle? Well, I don't even think they'd be giving up that much player wise. Honestly, it'd be mostly draft capital. I don't think there's any. I don't think the Pats even make an offer. I just, I, I, just, I don't like that the two teams that we've been talking about are both in the Patriots division. Like, I'd rather I mean, not have to. They're face. the two teams that are most. I'm, the Niners no. can make an interesting package. I just don't like. It. I saw a three-team trade with the Niners, the Patriots, and the Texans that brings Jimmy G and JJ Watt to New England, which would be JJ Watt just seems like a Patriots type player. Um, How would that even like work? Uh, just a lot of like how does that how does that trade work with the pats getting the two best pieces in the trade outside deshaun well like so the niners the niners get deshaun watson yeah um the the texans get just like four picks from each team yeah yeah from each team and then the patriots get uh jimmy g and jj watt that's how it works was this on like a pats fan-sided page no it was on i don't remember where i saw it I don't, that trade doesn't add up to me. I I'm just, I'm just telling you what I saw, man. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit NBA, uh, rapid gotta, fire here. Yeah. Let's, uh, we're just going to go quick through our storylines. I, I look, there's a lot to talk about with the NBA, but the NFL has just been so wild recently. Yeah. That's the playoffs. Um, it's the yeah. playoffs. Uh, so we're well, still only 12 games, 13, 15 games into the NBA season. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the big storyline. Obviously it's James Harden's first couple of games with the Nets. We saw him last night. Um, him and KD looked great last night. I mean, people, I think it's like they played together. Like it's not like, obviously they haven't played together in a while, but they've played team USA ball together more recently than they played in the NBA. But it's like James Harden said it best on the same team. <laughs> when, well, I, that was a decade ago. I mean, James Harden said it himself. When you get to play with a guy like Kevin Durant, the chemistry is going to come. Like yeah. you're gonna figure it out, and they've yeah. also played together, and presumably they've been in contact. Like these yeah, are they're, they're friends. Five, they're friends. Two of the five best players in the fucking league. Like they are gonna figure out how to play it together. Yeah, no. and it's working. I mean, James Harden in his first game, 32, 14, and twelve on eight of eight. He only took eighteen shots in that game, which is mm-hmm. absurd to me. Uh, last night, 34, 12, and six, over fifty percent from the field. He's got fifteen turnovers in the two games, which is a bit Admittedly concerning. Not great. Yeah, that that is where the chemistry is gonna come over time like he knows where kevin durant's gonna be but he doesn't he's still figuring out the rest of these guys on the roster yeah and and like uh, the the big thing like watching that game last night right they have so much versatility on offense and it's also just it was encouraging to see like james harden was not just standing at mid-court after he gave the ball up and like it wasn't he didn't have if you're gonna gonna cause all this drama with houston and to force a trade you better be bought into whoever you get we talked about this you better buy into wherever you get traded and And he said he he was going to to be fair he said he was going to and like you know every quote that he's had like since he's gotten to brooklyn has been just like you know i have to play with kevin like when you get a chance to play with kevin like you give him the rock like you got to share the offense like but you know like my prediction for what i thought was going to be the you know how the team was going to mold itself has come true so far it's been james harden's offense but kd's the best player there and he 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 is he is the team but it's james harden's offense now i don't want to get too far into the weeds here we got a lot to get to in the next next like 20 minutes yeah just last couple points here the, it's just is there any shot they trade Kyrie? i don't think so i think they would be in a lot better position if they traded him i don't think so i think i think, I think so. like, you trade him for a second another wing and like an interior big 
and this is like you know nba 2k know. type shit yeah i don't know i don't know man like i think it'd be I, fun i think i it'd think be fun. no i think they i think those three make it at least through the season and then you go from there um but like you know like the fact that james harden and katie have played well together like is not that surprising but it's yeah. it's gonna be that third Kyrie's playing it's gonna tonight. be a third person yeah yeah you couldn't play last night against the, no it's tomorrow night i think it's tomorrow night. yeah yeah it's tomorrow night um yeah, but the concern is still there for the nets like like deandre jordan was just getting run off the court like well, against yeah, the magic to, like they're gonna have to figure out vucci main was just murdering him um and then, Giannis went for like 33 12 yeah. and 6 or something like that yeah and i mean like that, that but also that's what do you expect part. when deandre jordan is trying to guard Giannis? yeah and i mean that's the hard part too is playing a team like the bucks is that you know you have brooke lopez who stretched the floor and like he can take dj out of the paint and then like I, he, he's he can handle himself usually in the paint but like outside of the paint like it's it's clipped like yeah it's clipped uh, uh speaking of clipped Kevin Porter jr <laughs> Oh, some food on. at a head coach. Come on, come on. I love it. I that's, fucking love it. <laughs> that, that's a rough way to There's start this. Like, here. There's nothing to say. It's just hysterical. Uh, all right. Like, uh, what we will say is, like, we hope he gets his life, like, back on track because Cleveland has been helping him a lot with that. Like, he has had a lot of off-the-court issues that, like, Cleveland's been trying to help him with. Like, he's talented, food, but he's man. got a come lot on, of issues. Man. I saw just the perfect thing about this was just a Venn diagram. It was uh, just, yep. J.R. Smith, it was just, it's J.R. Smith, Kevin Porter in the middle, is just throwing food and Junior. Yep. <laughs> well, it, it just, I don't, what is it about fucking Cleveland? They just like throwing food around. Like, uh, next point here Paul George <laughs> is averaging 26, 6, and 5 on uh, 50, 50, 90 shooting splits. That's um, very close of his own. And it's not like he's like it's it's small sample size game wise, considering we're still in the first like fifteen games of the NBA. We're season. starting to get to that point where it's not. So but he's also bad. shooting eight threes a game. <laughs> yeah. He's shooting eight threes a fucking game, and he's hitting fifty percent of them. That's yeah. ridiculous. It's not bad, right? <laughs> no, and That's like absurd. It, and it's especially impressive when you consider like a lot of it, a lot more of it has been off the catch and shoot, which is like like. Paul George is really good in the pick and roll, but like he's a very good shooter. And like he is one of the most impressive shooters in the league, considering that like he's not like Joe Harris or Duncan Robinson running around getting no, he's a threes. Like, no, he's a no disrespect player. to them. Yeah, no, no disrespect to them. Those guys but, are like, literally just shooters. Like, yeah, like he's he's they're not averaging fantastic. 26, 6, and 5. No, I mean, and this, also this playing is the all George. pro level defense. This, this is this is the Paul George we thought we were going to get with Kawhi, and like, well, it's the Paul George we know exists. His, I don't think he's going to yeah. shoot 50% from three the rest of the season, but this yeah. is Paul George. Like, he gets so much I mean, shit for his performance last year. But like, people forget we're two years away from Paul George finishing second MVP, in the MVP race. I think it was third. Finishing in the top three of an it's MVP race. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. It was that and oh, like. Sorry, I take my I take my point back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, your 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 point is moot now. Yeah. Um, Lakers Warriors game last night. I had you know I mean look the Lakers lost, but the fact is that LeBron is one of the one of the top candidates for MVP, and like it's Crazy. been so it's been so quiet. Like he's playing the lowest, he's playing his lowest minutes per game, um, and just that. Which admittedly, is, he has done the last three or four seasons. Mm-hmm. His, number, his minutes per game have dropped down each of the last, I think, four seasons. It's just the, the Lakers' defense is just yeah. 
so disgusting, man. But then they also blew a 20 point lead to the Warriors. I don't even I think know. it was 19. Again, your point is all right. My point, yeah, go fuck myself. <laughs> uh, did you, I mean, Steph's step back over Anthony Davis to ice it? Oh my God. Just <laughs> Um, and like that's the classic Warriors game where you're just like, and they and they were exactly right on the broadcast. They're saying like you can't let this Warriors team, you can't let a Steph Curry team stick around in the fourth quarter because they will hit exactly those type of shots. Yeah, um, Ubre was really nice. Ubre was really nice uh, yesterday, which is well, I, you know, a, a nice turnaround from the beginning of the season. I think there's there's one point that I feel like didn't get talked about a lot with the Warriors, you know, preseason was just like internal improvement from guys like Kelly Ray Jr. and Andrew Wiggins. They've been two of the best wing defenders in the league this season. And like, mm-hmm. there's the Warriors know how to develop players. You know, last season was such a wash because they're just playing with scrubs. But when you've got Steph, when you've got Draymond playing as well as we've seen Draymond playing in the last 18 months, James Wiseman is young. I, it wasn't as a 19 year old who didn't get any preseason time. Wait, did you know he's only 19? He's only 19. And he also didn't play all last season. Like, let's not forget, he played three games at Memphis. He's figuring out the NBA, like, literally on the fly and is playing well. That, that clip with Draymond was just like, I, I really hope we see Draymond as a coach in some sort of I, bro, I love capacity. Draymond. I love yeah. Draymond. I, I hate him, but I love him type thing, you know? I don't even hate him, bro. There's, yeah, there's... Your, your team didn't compete with him in the playoffs. Like, Well, that's the great thing about being a Knicks fan is like I can just <laughs> I can love players for no other reason than just loving the way they play because I don't have to worry about them breaking the Knicks' hearts. Like the Knicks don't suck anymore. We're just bad. We don't suck. Uh, I, I got to give a quick shout out. Uh, my pop's in the in the live right now. He oh, said, let's, let's, let's talk about Compasso. Like he's been I, – I love it. Like this is just like a scrappy Argentinian guard uh, on the Nuggets that like – Literally, like, three days into him being there, everyone was like, yo, I fucking love this guy. Like, he's – they said, like, he's the he's – How like many a, minutes a game was he playing? He's playing something like 10 minutes a game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's – fun, I, though. Look, I mean, think about all the guards there are in Denver. Like, it's his first year there. Um, he's just, like, the perfect, like, like – you want him on your team and you yeah. you don't hate anyone more if he's not on your team. Like pesky, just like super fun, like the 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 classic like overseas guard. Um interesting question for you right now. I saw this from Jason Concepcion, uh former of the ringer. Fucking love this guy, he's hilarious. If you could shoot or dribble at an all NBA level, which would it be and why? The the Qualifier here is does that get me into the NBA or is this just like a skill I've got in my back pocket? No, I mean an all NBA player, and this is you're in the NBA. You're in the NBA already. Shoot. Shoot? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the smart one because the shoot keeps you in the league. Shoot keeps me in the league. If I can dribble around everyone but can't hit a fucking layup, I'm not in the league. Um oh, I'm assuming that means like if you can dribble all NBA level, but like you like are like a league average something. Yeah. You know? And what about you? Um I, I picked shoot too, but I saw this hilarious comment that was like, you guys clearly have not watched enough like and one mixtapes, right? Like, and someone it was just like, what if it would be fun yeah. to snap people's ankles? Yeah, it would be more fun. It would be more fun. Um, but like, uh, someone was just like, what if I just want to make fools drop and then just like also like average four points a game, but also just make people fall? And you know? I think honestly, my answer here <laughs> is uh, both. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's move to the NBA, uh, the MLB, unfortunately. Um, I don't want to put any more – I don't want to talk about this any more than we have to just to say what happened. Um, yeah. So, the new Mets GM, Jared Porter. Ex-Mets GM. As, yeah, <laughs> ex-Mets GM as of this morning, Jared Porter. 
Um, there's a report from 2016 when he was with the Cubs that he sent over 60. Uh, 62 unanswered text messages. 62, culminating. Yes, 62 unanswered uh, messages to a female reporter inviting her to his hotel uh, and asking her out for dinner um, repeatedly and uh, aggressively um, and just kept like, kept going, kept going. Kept going, and as Ben said, and as Ben said, uh, culminated with a picture of his penis. Um, and she feared retaliation, so she didn't say anything. The ML, uh, the ESPN had the the story done, reported, and then she since since 2017 published this, yeah, because she feared retaliation for herself and in her home country. Um, and she's remaining anonymous because she still fears that. Um, When I was reading that. Ugh. the fact the fact that ESPN still published the fact that she was worried about her home country that seems to me like people in her home country will know exactly who this is I mean I mean that's assuming that there's one MLB reporter from I mean that's like, what the article seemed like it made it say that's what but I, that, that, was like that's a special I was on like a program to like cover the cover baseball for whatever country she's from I mean that's that's assuming there's one MLB reporter from each country like that's true but in a, like I'm thinking like, you know, Japan or Korea, two countries that have a huge, huge baseball, two leagues of their own are just huge baseball countries. There are a lot of reporters from those countries that come over, not on like a special program. I mean, this is just kind of reading between the lines of the article here. I don't, it it seemed like it was still a little like over the line to identify her, at least in that way. I'm assuming that they ran this by her and she approved. Presumably, yeah. Like um, she's no longer a reporter now. Like it was just, fucking disgusting yeah. um it's disgusting and i mean I, I one of the things that kind of jumps out to me here is like how can you be this like clueless in one aspect of your life but then still be enough of like a normal person to become the fucking general manager of a major league baseball team um people are fucking sick i don't know what to tell you like it, ridiculous i mean i no, I, I mean, no brain or move by steve cohen to fire it's a yeah fire look, immediately I, I want to think the Mets didn't know. Uh, I don't, the Met, the Cubs didn't know either, apparently. Um, but I, I really hope they didn't know. And well, like, I mean, how, if, unless he literally told them, she, yeah, well, the article made it clear that she didn't want anyone to know about this. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. It's just like a, all signs indicate that neither like the Cubs nor the Mets knew. And like, I really hope. But also, I would, and the Cubs are a well run organization. I would believe, I would like to believe that if the Cubs did know about this earlier, we would have, it would have been a story yeah. three. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I said it last night or this morning. I was just like, I am, my, my Mets fandom is on pause until that man is fired. And, and I was fired. Luckily for me, he was fired this morning. Um, and uh, the one, hope- not to make light of the situation, the one funny tweet I saw was just like, and Mets fans thought it couldn't get any worse than Brody. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the Mets now impressively have had in the last two seasons a manager and a GM that have neither made it to the first game. So Mets uh, are still going to Mets, man. You got Steve Cohen, but the Mets are still going to Mets. Yeah, it's not like Steve Cohen doesn't have a checkered past either but yeah all right let, let's move on um the padres the yeah going for the it. mets got i i no yeah go you you go on your padres thing i gotta find the name of the uh the joey lucchese they traded for. you're looking for yeah Luque, joey lucchese just, uh, just got, like, i saw so many just oh no memes it's so funny the joe musgrove from the pirates had a good season is it, it was his first career year yeah. with uh era under four which doesn't 
let ring off any alarm bells. But then you look at the fact that he's going to be the number four on a rotation with uh, one top 10 name guy in the league, Denelson Lamet, Blake Snell, and you Darvish. He's the four. But then the prospect that the prospect headlining the deal going back for going back from San Diego to Pittsburgh, Hudson Head. <laughs> I saw some hilarious tweets that I'm oh not going to. Oh my God. I'm so not going to say. Oh. Wow, there are a lot of jokes that could be made there that we're not going to make on this podcast. No, but because are, we don't curse and we are completely clean and all that. It's more just <laughs> my like our parents listen to this podcast. I can't. There's some jokes I'm not going to make here. I hope, um, my parents, I hope my parents listen. Your dad's in the live stream right now. Yeah, my that means he's probably that means he's probably not going to listen. No, um, I'm great I, deal if you're the Padres. Like that rotation is yeah, arguably the disgusting. best in baseball. I mean, look, Blake Blake Snell. Could have won a, a, a World Series MVP. Like thank you, last Kevin Cash. <laughs> what? Thank you, Kevin Cash, for making sure that he did not win that MVP. Yes. I, did you see? I didn't. I didn't watch the. I didn't watch. I didn't listen to the whole podcast, but I got a little bit of um, when when he was on with uh with Ryan Rocco and uh and CC Sabathia. Oh yeah. And he was just like, and he was like, "Fuck!" Like I knew I had it in the bag, and he's like, "I gave up that hit because." Like the the batter before what he walk him or was it Barnes? I don't remember. Yeah, he was like he was like as soon as that happened before he's like doesn't matter what happens here like I'm gonna get pulled. Yeah. Well, he's like the, and he was like I, I have you know, it. you know who you play for like yeah. You've been doing it the whole season like you can't pretend you're surprised by getting pulled. It's still a, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty terrible decision but. I mean even even at the time we were like literally the analytics don't make sense like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, give give me your good news for you Ben. Uh, Yankees resigned DJ LeMahieu. Thank God. Oh my! And also, I just love the deal. I mean, he wanted yeah, four or nice. five years for a lot 90. more than that, didn't he? I had heard I, I, ninety million was the number I had been hearing. Okay, but uh, apparently he wanted four or five for ninety, which obviously mm-hmm. increases the average annual value. The Yankees went I, six I, for ninety, fifteen million a year. Years five and six, who knows what we're getting? Years one through four, we just resigned the most important player on the team. Yeah, no. And for a guy like LeMahieu, who is just a pure hitter, I'm not terribly concerned about him aging poorly. What is yeah. he, the machine, right? They call him the machine? The machine, yeah. Yeah, he's literally just it, a fucking machine. Is like, he going to hit 330 in his age 37 season or 38, whatever the last year of his deal is? I don't know. But Nelson Cruz hit 40 home runs when he was 39. Like, Hey, man, as long as you have a nap room for, for, uh, for uh, DJ, that's all you need. He's that, an animal. Like, that's it, that's, it, that's it the key to, for Nelson. It had to be done. And then and talk they to me about your other one. Corey Kluber, one year, $11 million. Apparently no turned issue. down more. Apparently turned down more money. Well, because you got to remember that they've got Matt Blake, who was the Indians pitching coach. And is it Matt, Eric Cressy, who was also with the Indians organization, also ran driveline, which was a the, you know, baseball analytics movement and mm-hmm. training facility. And obviously the Matt Blake connection is huge, but the fact that he turned down more money to play for the Yankees is, I, that, music to my ears music to my ears and i mean that's your that's your solid number two right there hopefully he's our three. three and once sevy gets yeah. back hopefully sevy gets back to being yeah. our two could still resign yeah, paxton I, I doubt it but something yeah. else that, and, and tanaka looks like he's going back to Tanaka's japan. probably going back to japan which mm-hmm. i much prefer him go back to japan than pitch for someone else yeah, well, especially because it looked like Tanaka might be going to the Mets. Like there, there was some connection I mean, there. There were rumors. There were rumors. Rumors. For what it's worth, with the Kluber deal, 
I think there's the other side of this that I haven't seen a whole lot of talk about is the Yankees have a lot of young pitchers who are still unproven. Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia, mm-hmm. two main guys there that are probably yeah. going to be starting for the Yankees at some point this season. They're learning. They're sitting there learning and watching from Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber. Obviously, too bad. That's a very good setup, and that's good news for their growth. I mean, Jesus, like you get to learn from a guy, Garrett Cole, who's a top three pitcher in the league right now. Obviously, Corey Kluber is older and barely pitched last season. Cy Young winner on the short list of guys who won multiple Cy Youngs. I think it's like eleven pitchers ever in the history of Major League Baseball have won multiple Cy Youngs. That's a guy you want to learn from if you're back to back. I don't think it was back to back. I think it was multiple. No, I'm saying I'm saying who's won back to back Cy Young. Right, Degrom, yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't won shit yet. Relax. Should have been three. Yeah, neither of you. So, um, apparently the Yankees <laughs> were connected to Luis Castillo, not oh. the Luis. You want to talk about Luis Castillos? I mean, I don't want to talk. About uh, probably the single, about probably the single best Yankees Mets moment. Actually, no, second best Yankees Mets moment I've ever watched live. Just so funny. First one being, uh, I was actually at, I don't know if I even told you this. I was at Mariano Rivera's 500th save. I was I at did, City yeah. Field. Yeah, I think you did tell me that. Uh, but the funny part of that one was uh, K-Rod walked Mariano Rivera with the bases loaded. 500th save and first career RBI. You can't throw a fucking strike to Mariano Rivera? Fucking... Like, uh, Jesus. <laughs> why'd you have to fucking bring K-Rod? I was having a nice Tuesday. Bro, you had to should, fucking bring Every time K-Rod. I remember that, he literally walked All right, move Rivera on. Move on before loaded. I get to the mailbag. Move on before I get to the uh, Apparently, the Reds wanted Glaber and prospects for Luis Castillo. That trade never happens. Like, well, and what, did they, what did they think the Yankees were going to say to that? I, I mean, Passon said that, like, there are teams calling about Glaber. And getting shut down. He's a, a middle-of-the-order yeah. bat. He's 23. He's a two-time All-Star. Just hit 40 home runs. Like, we're not trading Glaber. Why would you? I'm just telling you what my good friend Jeff Passon told me. Your good friend? Right, yeah. right, right. I don't know. The Yankees are never making that deal. And the Reds were right to ask for Glaber Torres. Honestly, Luis Castillo is making $4 million a year. He's got two more years of arbitration left. He's a stud. I mean, I would have made the deal with Clint and Andujar, personally, plus other guys. You can't trade Glaber for that. Castillo's got a nasty changeup. He's disgusting. Yeah. All right, let's get to the mailbag. We've got about five minutes left. Uh, this one, I'm assuming, coming from our good friend, Elliot Bauer, yes, sir. Our, our resident uh, Eagles fan. McDaniel's a bad fit in Philly, yes or yes? My answer is yes. My answer is um, yes because those are the only two choices. I don't think it's a terrible I – mean, this is all just I don't speculation. Know. I don't know why Elliot is so against – mcdaniels i mean he's a, i he's like a snake he's a goddamn snake well that's look i mean like i love what mcdaniels has done for us um he's been able to adapt his offense um but you know the big thing is that you always had brady there and like that's not his fault um no. all i'm gonna say is that someone that like is that snaky with head coaching opportunities after that time when like it was obvious that like the patriots dynasty was coming to an end right like he had a very clear path to jump ship and like kickstart his career somewhere else yeah. and he didn't take it and came back to cam newton slash jared stidham that, that's kind of sus to me yeah um, uh, i think i've got to read this one because it is addressed to me from our good friend of the pods jan michael vincent now john salerno okay says hi ben huge fan of the show first what time do you, long time first time long time hi ben what do you think of the show or huge fan of the show. What do you think of the Mets firing a pervert? The Yankees still employing Chapman and Herman. Do the Yankees hate women? Also, would you have a catch with me? Uh, I'll work backwards here. Would love to have a catch with you, John. Uh, would love nothing more right now. 
secondly, why do the Yankees still employ Chapman and Herman? Uh, it's because they are baseball players who impact the game. I'm not defending it, but there we've seen this. If you are a talented, and we've seen it in player, every sport. If you're a talented athlete, sport. you can do basically whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, it's the real fucking bummer, and I'd, yeah. I'd like that to change soon, ideally. Um, ideally, but I unfortunately do not have a whole lot of control over that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about some McGregor Poirier, uh, on Thursday. Obviously that fight is coming up. That is going to be a big one. A lot is of it? big, I think when it probably was the will last be. time you watched the first McGregor Poirier, which obviously was a while ago. Have you watched that fight recently? Well, yeah, it ended in 90 seconds. Yeah. I think this one goes longer. I mean, I think McGregor. Well, no, so do him. I, but I'm saying, I think I'm nothing for McGregor in the last fight. I'm just, I'm just saying it's big because this is like. McGregor needs this to like get back in. Like if McGregor I mean, loses I don't know. this, you say he needs it. A guy who's McGregor still generates a lot of money. Doesn't need a goddamn thing. But okay, you know what I meant. Like, would it be good like for if he's going to keep yeah. talking? Yeah, that that's what I'm, he doesn't. He yeah. doesn't need that. He doesn't need. Shit. I thought you were. Like, I thought <laughs> you were framing it like he needs it to like be relevant in the UFC again. Like no. he's relevant no matter the, what the no. fuck happens. No, but if he keeps talking to smoke about, you know, he is still that guy and he's better than Khabib. And I mean, I don't think he is. And obviously he's not because he got fucking smoked by Khabib. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, if you want to, if you're. I hope McGregor, we see another McGregor Khabib though. I hope we do too. But I like, think that fight McGregor was just entirely unprepared. Not entirely like, unprepared, but I no, he did not know yeah. that Khabib was going to just dominate him like that. Which is pretty funny because that's what Khabib does, right? What Khabib um, does, but, yeah. But like McGregor, like. McGregor has to do a lot better than Poirier to get to Khabib, but like you got to start somewhere, right? And like the fact well, that he, 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 he like three times comments last. about what would make him come back. Who Khabib? Yeah. Well, he wants to fight Floyd. No, he said he Floyd. wants to see something out of the out of the yeah, flight, whatever lightweight, yeah, flyweight, what the lightweight. lightweight. So he wants but to yeah, see something. That's what I'm saying. Like he has to do better than Poirier. But like you know, this is a McGregor that said he wanted to fight three times last year, and obviously that didn't happen. Um, and he wanted to fight Floyd Mayweather. Like, well, that's just know. for the bag. <laughs> yeah, I get that's for the bag. But like, I mean, look, I mean, you're McGregor. Like you, you want to box. Like you want to do anything to like make you, you know, the best athlete of all time. And he is one of the best, you know, yeah. fighters of all time. But like, he's not trying to be one of the best fighters of all time. He's trying to be the best fighter of all time. It's gonna be a fun fight. It is, um, regardless of if it's one-sided. Uh, you got anything else? That's all I got. Cool. All right. We will talk to you guys on Thursday. Uh, second Floor Sports, Matias Swaman, Ben Carlton, In the Stoop. Uh, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Pods, Google, Google Pods, Anchor, and, of course, the one, the only. Overcast. Pocketcast. Radio Public. <laughs> yeah, I think you ever put in Breaker last. I, best for last man come on fuck breaker bro. anyway I'm all, I'm all about a radio public now <laughs> anyway we'll, <laughs> we'll come to you on thursday we'll have your ufc preview we will have your storylines in the nba we will have your conference championship preview it's got some good i hope mahomes plays man i fucking hope mahomes plays hey if you heard colin coward they're gonna delay it <laughs> we'll talk to you guys on thursday